I want to read today from the book of Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. From the book of Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. Very famous portion of scripture. If you've been around church long enough, you should know this. Right? I think it's right up there with John 3.16. Now at this point, if you don't know John 3.16, you're in trouble. Amen. <laughs> but the Bible says, and Paul is writing here, he says, for I am not, come on somebody, I am not what? Of the, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Today, what I want to talk about, or the subject of my sermon today for the next couple of minutes, if you would give me your attention, I want to speak to you on the subject of shamed, but not ashamed. I'm going to say that again. Shamed, but not ashamed. And there is a difference. And we're going to get into the word today, but let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because it is blessed. I thank you just like the scripture said, it is your power. It is the gospel is what you have used to transform humanity. And I thank you, Lord, that your power is in this place. And I just pray that you would move in the lives of every person in this room. And that you would give a breakthrough to every heart that we would leave transformed by the power of that you said is in the gospel. I pray, oh God, that you would give us, Lord, our daily bread today. For we didn't just come to play church, but we came to meet with you. And I just ask that you would move in this house like only you can. In the mighty name of Jesus. And somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Shamed, but not ashamed. Come on, say that with me today. Shamed but not ashamed and the title suggests that there is a difference and uh if you would let me for the next couple of minutes i am going to walk you through some things here i'm going to teach today is that all right is that all right shame but not ashamed hallelujah what does it mean to be ashamed what does it mean to be ashamed well there's three things that i brought three points i want to highlight number one you might understand this ashamed in character ashamed in character what does that mean to be to feel guilt of something or disgrace and here's a sentence that will help you understand that she felt ashamed for hitting her little brother right it's a, a small example but i can use another example uh she felt ashamed for stealing the deodorant out the dollar store. Tough crowd. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, uh, you can be disgraced or feel guilt because when your character flaws are exposed, make no mistakes about it in this room, everybody's got a character flaw. If you don't have a character flaw, yours is pride. Hallelujah. I just helped somebody. I just helped somebody. Everybody has a character flaw. And the problem with humanity is, is that we do a great job of covering it up. So we're never ashamed. But when it is exposed, there is a level of guilt or disgrace. I mean, everybody don't want to show their browser. I mean, Google got it, but you know. All right, God, hallelujah. Everybody don't want to show everything in their life. Here's another way you can feel ashamed. Here's the second way. Put it up for me. Ashamed by being made to feel inferior or unworthy of something. So you got this young kid. He's working out every day. Sister Carlene, he's putting in work and he's bragging, you know, like at VBS, Steve was bragging. Steve was bragging. Steve was like, I'm going to light this basketball up and and, and no, he did not. Hallelujah. He's lying. There's a character flaw there. 
and went and shot the ball and missed and chased as you saw went and shot and hit it. Now the reality is if, if you have been training for something for real, I'm using a, a funny example from VBS, but somebody who's bragged and, and uh, remember there was a boxer recently that put on a big outfit to went, he, and he blamed the outfit at the end of the fight. I'm not going to mention his name. But, 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 but when you go into a match and you fight and you've claimed all of this and then you lost, people kind of look at you like, what happened to him? And you can be made to feel inferior, not just only in sports, but in life, period, when you don't have a certain degree. And you're in a room full of people with degrees and they're bragging about which college they went to. And because you never went to a college, some people, they won't tell you, but they'll walk away and they'll feel inferior in the room. And that inferior feeling can make them feel ashamed. Hallelujah. They can, they can feel unworthy like I was not supposed to be here. Uh, 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 unqualified anybody ever felt like that you ever felt like you were out of your league hallelujah and it's not necessarily that you were out of your league or you didn't belong but because of the voices in society you felt like I should be uh, here and if I'm not here if I don't have this type of house or if I don't have this type of car or if I don't keep up with the Joneses or if I don't have this I must be inferior and sometimes we feel ashamed because we let society make us think that you are less than and you're not enough hallelujah is a third way in which people feel ashamed they're reluctant or unwilling to do something because of shame or embarrassment Meaning this, I was ashamed to be seen with them. I, sometimes it's not you, it's not your character, it's not your inferiority, it's not what you're feeling, but it's the places you've been associated with. No doubt in the past, there are places that you've probably associated with that you look back now. You got one of those friends who ever posted an old picture from 10 years ago on Facebook and you look and be like, hey bro. You can't be putting this up. I'm, I'm, I am ashamed to be known that there was a time I was associated with that. We live in what is called cancel culture. And whenever, whenever you easily want to cancel a person, just find a thing that is shameful that they once associated with. The person could have changed and had a heart change about the thing. But the fact that they once associated with it, we say you should be ashamed. And there are people that are ashamed of things they've associated with. Hallelujah. No doubt in my heart in this room, if we were to get real, there are things in our lives that we are ashamed of that we've done. That maybe nobody knows about it. Maybe it's never been exposed. Maybe you're the only one that know. But a lot of people uh, spend their life trying to overcome some of the shameful moments they've had. Some people are ashamed because you got into a big marriage and when you got married it was you had grandeur and balloons were flying all over and confetti was the confetti was was intelligent confetti. I don't know where I'm going with that. But nowadays you can expect the greatness at weddings. Weddings are always interesting to me. And, but then uh, uh, give it about five, six years, you would divorce. And now you are scared to come out in public because you're still friends with everybody on your guest list. And they're wondering, why'd you make me come to that? People who end up in divorce. Sometimes you're not even the one who fell in the divorce Somebody else wronged you, but even though you were wrong, you were ashamed because it fell apart. Sometimes your career don't go as planned and, and, and everybody else is getting further in life and you feel ashamed. Sometimes you feel like I should be much further than where I am, but because of all the mistakes and all the time and the opportunities that I've slept on and, 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 and overslept on and, and was too lazy to do what I'm supposed to, now I, I really can't blame anyone anybody else so now I don't associate or even go out or show myself in the public because I'm ashamed there are people that are ashamed because of decisions they've made there are people that have made decisions that they look back and they regret in the desperation of the moment maybe when you were you felt like I had no friend or nobody to talk to in a moment and I I, I just felt like my only option was to do something that that you look back now and in hindsight you you saw that that probably not the best option and now you live with that forever 
There are people that are carrying moments in their mind forever. Some of us, let's just call it what it is, we sin and we mess up and we fail God. And we go and we associate in places we have no business being in and we become ashamed. Have you ever felt ashamed? Only three people. Ah, and me including me four. I know what it's like to feel ashamed. I know what it's like to feel ashamed. And why it is something that affects you is because you begin to identify with the shame. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that the shame becomes who you are. And when it becomes who you are, you carry it, man. You, 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 you know, a lot of people are living life and you think they're just chasing dreams. Really what they're doing is chasing a way to somehow in their mind, they think maybe if I did this, it'll balance out this. I'm preaching in this house today. I came to talk to me if, if nobody else. Hallelujah. And so people are trying so hard because they figure, okay, okay, I messed up. I was, I was never there for my children. And now my children don't even know me as a father. But, but, but maybe if I get a lot of money now and I could give them a lot of money, they'll love me. They'll love me. But that child never wanted your money in the first place. They wanted you. And now you give them the money and you still have no relationship. All you are is somebody who's giving money to a kid that don't want to talk to you and you're trying, you're trying to figure out how to fix things. How do I fix the mistakes of the past? How do I fix when I went into that room and I made, how do I fix when I let this person in my life? How do I erase a lifetime of things that I really don't want nobody to know about? Because I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed the way I spoke to that person. Oh, and God forbid if you're a person of any type of status, you really don't want nobody to know what you said. Hallelujah. There were moments I thank God nobody had a camera. Maybe it's only me. Because those moments can ruin your entire life. I'm so grateful. You see, the thing about God, he's a good God in that, you see, mankind always want to reveal people's stuff so that they could destroy people because it serves a purpose for them. But let me tell you something. Everybody got something they don't want nobody to know about them. And I'm so grateful to God that he doesn't expose everything to people. Oh, come on, talk to me in this place. Have you ever felt ashamed? You see, the thing is you begin to associate with it. But Paul comes along. The apostle Paul comes along and he's got this revolutionary concept. And, and I think people read Romans 1.16, but they don't understand that it, they, they, they think it's just a scripture for Christians. Paul was not the type of Christian who would just, he would just, I just want to be. Paul was so, uh, 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 let me say it this way. Paul just didn't want to build a small church and be among those people alone. Soon as people got saved, Paul was looking to go into places where are people not saved. Paul went, that's why he said this, I became all things to all men that I may win some. In other words, Paul didn't see the gospel as this thing that should be put in a corner. He saw it as a world revolutionary concept, so he took it to Athens. Where the philosophers, where Socrates and the people, the wise men of the ages was. And he said, I've got new wisdom, new revelation that if you ever got a hold of this, it will transform Greece. It will transform Rome. It will transform Europe and Africa and Asia. And then, and, and the future generations to come, it will transform everywhere. Paul got a hold of a revolutionary concept in Christ Jesus. And it brings me back to the title of what I'm saying today. Paul, you see that shame that we all felt? 
Paul said, I found something that can cure that. In which you might be shamed, but this thing can free you from associating with the shame. So you can be shamed, but I'm no longer I came to tell somebody in this room, I don't care what your past is like. There's a, oh my God, if y'all would only preach with me, we would have some church today. Listen to this, listen to this, listen. Put up, put up uh, uh, number four for me. You can be shamed, but remain unashamed. You can be shamed, but remain unashamed. I want y'all to hear some of the things that Paul endured. In other words, when Paul is speaking about being a preacher of the gospel, no doubt Paul was shamed for doing it. Do you understand that? And, and just to show you some of what he endured by preaching the gospel, let me show you. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 16, this is what it says. He says, again, I, I, I say, don't think that I'm a fool to talk like this. Right? We up there? We up there? Uh, 2 Corinthians, throw it up for me. Look at this. I repeat, let no, uh, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool. So that I may do a little bit boasting. Go on, go on, go on. In, in this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Go on, go on. Since many are boasting in the way of the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with the fools since you are so wise. Oh, that, that's so powerful right there. That's a whole nother sermon. He said, let me, let me boast a little bit about the Lord because, uh, 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 you know, a lot of y'all put up with a lot of the fools that boast these other ways. Hallelujah. And you let them get us a pass. But go on, go on. This is what he says. He says uh, in verse 20, just keep it going, keep it scrolling. We're going to read a few of this. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you and puts on ears or slaps you in the face. What are you talking about, Paul? We put up with a lot of people who claim to have answers when really they're enslaving us. And when the preachers come along, see, Paul is giving a defense for himself. And in context here, he's talking about other preachers who used to show up to these places when he leave. And they would come with a different message. Some would mix philosophy and fit, uh, mix political agendas and mix all types of stuff. In, and eventually the people would be enslaved again. Paul shows up and said, now y'all put up with a lot of nonsense. But when the preachers come and tell you there's a power that can change you, y'all treat us as though they fools. They don't know nothing. They don't know better. And he begins to say, let me tell you something. In fact, you even put up with anyone. He goes on. Go, go, go on. 21. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool as I also dare to boast about. And I want you all to watch this. Are there Hebrews? So am I. Uh, are there Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendant? So am I. Are, are, are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more than a servant of Christ. So what is Paul doing? Paul is establishing, make no mistakes about it. I wholeheartedly believe in what I'm doing for the Lord. He says so much so. That anybody you bring that is a servant of Christ. I know it sounds foolish. But I am more than a servant of Christ in him. This is some boasting y'all. Right? And he says I have worked much harder. Now here is where he begins to describe what happened to him as a result of being a preacher of the gospel. I've been in prison. You don't go to prison because the society thinks what you're doing is great. Do y'all follow that? You get thrown into prison because society and the people that lead has deemed that what you are saying, you should, it, it should be something you repent of and change from. You should be ashamed of that. And to shame you so that you could rehab will toss you into prison. Not only did he been, been to prison, he said, I've been to prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. Anybody know what flogging is? If you're from the Caribbean, you know. 
up here, they say, you're going to get beat. Back in the Caribbean, they say, come, you're going to get a flogging. It simply means you're going to get whipped. Now, these men didn't just get whipped like how your mama would whip you and pull off a shoe. These men were flogged in public so that all society could see that what they do, we consider an embarrassment. Who in the world would take a flogging for the preaching of the gospel? That's what I'm telling you. Paul's found something that was revolutionary, that he was willing to lose everything for it because he felt like mankind needed this. He says, I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Go on. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Go on. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep and I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food and I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. This is a man of God. Oh, there's never been another like. You know, sometimes when people talk and say, when I get to heaven, I just want to meet with Paul and talk to him. I think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, 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 when you see Paul, that's the apostle. You understand what I'm saying in this place? And Paul said, make no mistakes about it. People try to shame me for what I preached. But I... I'm not ashamed. While there is a shaming that comes to me, there's something different about the gospel. You see, any other shaming, when people say, look at what you've done in your life. Look at what you looked at. Look at how you failed your family. Look at how you did evil in your life. There's not much you can do but kind of bow your head in disgrace when your character is in question. There's not much you could do when people expose who you are. That's why, let me tell you something, church. Don't ever walk around talking about people like you better than them. When I was a young Christian, I was ready to bust my gun at everybody. He ain't preaching right. They ain't right. They ain't doctrinally. This, that, 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 that. And one day as you got older, you begun to realize, I, you know, uh, mistakes after mistakes. And they come back to haunt you. begin to realize, I don't, I, I don't got this thing together either. And you begin to pump your brakes. Don't you ever put your mouth on somebody if you know your house ain't perfect. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I thank God. And Paul says, but there's something different. Every other thing that people shame you for, people eventually stop and say, I'm going to try to change. But Paul says, keep shaming me for it. And the more you try to shame me for it is the more I am becoming unashamed. Well, what was it? about this particular thing in his life that everyone that was trying to shame him that Paul said I just can't let it go this is what he says y'all hallelujah he says that it is the power the thing you're trying to shame me from is the power of God to release men from every other shame Y'all ain't caught that in this place. Paul said, if I don't preach this, then everybody forever is stuck in your past and you are what you did. You know, we got a lot of positive people that walk around and say, you're not your past. You're not what you did. By what means do you determine that? What frees me from my past? Is it positive thinking? Is it because I got a degree? It erased the drugs I might have sold to a mama who was pregnant? 
Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Eh, because, because I've built a big house, it erases the adultery. Oh my gosh. Does it erase the stuff I look? What causes me to be free from what is shaming me? Paul said, I found it. I found something that you're shaming me for that releases men from all the other shames. And I am not ashamed. You got to understand what the gospel does, y'all. Listen, the gospel is free. And let me say this. Here's my next point, y'all. Let me say it this way. The cross is where shame meets grace and dies. Oh, gosh. You, I wish somebody would understand that. If you know Jesus, what he did on that cross causes you to hold your head up high. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me in this place. Y'all ain't hearing me in this place. What Jesus, the cross is where shame goes. The cross is where all of my mistakes, all of my past goes to the cross. It runs up into grace and grace kills every shame that would try to tell you that God doesn't love you. There's a God that loves you. Shame dies. Shame dies. The old folks used to say it like this. What? can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus so you don't have to feel sorry for yourself because you made an error as a matter of fact let me help somebody somebody thinks they've made such a big error that God can't forgive their error let me tell you when you do that you try to make your shame above God but little do you know that the cross is still standing right there saying it still ain't bigger than me if you dare to run up into grace I'll change your heart I'll change your mind I'll now now understand this it is not a concept of positive thinking I must be clear here it is not okay the cross cleansed me so now I can overlook no the grace that God gives is a working grace Oh, I know, I know that we live in an era of grace where grace has actually become the opposite of what it was meant to do. It has become a license to bring more shame in your life. Well, we're under grace so we could just do anything. No, that grace runs into your heart and says, listen to me. Oh my gosh, I feel like preaching in this house. That grace runs into your heart and says, no matter what comes your way, I have forgiven you. But I love you so much that I won't leave you in the shame. I am going to clean, sanctify, justify, give you my righteousness. It is a changing grace. Shame dies at the cross. I could look at everybody and say, like the Bible says, there is therefore now. I'm free, man. I'm free. I'm free. I am free. I am free. I am free. That's what it means. He that the Son is set free. Some of you ain't free indeed because every time you raise your hands in church to worship, you thinking about the shame. When God is telling you, when you, you know why worship don't work in churches no more? Because when people worship, they, they looking at the shame. Worship will work when you stop looking at the shame and start looking at the cross. Looking at the cross. Looking at the cross. Oh my gosh, oh my, who am I talking to in this place? I feel like somebody I'm talking to in this place. If that's you, just go ahead and, and give a loud hallelujah in this place. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Paul found that that shame is the reason we all die. I have no idea what tomorrow holds. They change the rules more than playing basketball with the men at, of this church at Valley Stream. Some of you didn't understand that, but if you played basketball with us, these guys switched the rules up to work for them. They changed the rules of society every day. And people are scared. Why are we scared? 
We're afraid that our time would expire. I got news for everybody in this room. I've been trying uh, uh, to figure out, God, when are you going to end this pandemic so we can live again? Ah, but what really is living? There's a lot of people when this pandemic is over still ain't living. There's people that has not been living even before the pandemic because of those shameful areas. Because of those things. As a matter of fact, for some of you, this pandemic has been a blessing because it revealed the lie you were living under for a long, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it begun to expose some things in your life that you didn't know was there. It exposed friends, it exposed your character, it brought to light things that God said you need to fix. A lot of people are running to go back to hide the shame. Paul says, no, there is something that wants to free you from it. Who am I talking to in this house? This panic, this, this pandemic done exposed your parenting skills. It exposed, oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. This pandemic exposed your budgeting skills. You ain't never had the government give you so much money in your life like they did during this pandemic and still not a dollar in the account. The problem was never the intake of money. The problem was you. Hallelujah. And so you're still ashamed that you broke. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. This pandemic has exposed marriages. Oh my gosh, y'all gonna preach with me today or it's me alone? It don't matter. Hallelujah, I was born alone. Well, I wasn't born alone. My mom was there. Hallelujah, I think a doctor too. Amen. Confirm, mom. She didn't confirm. I might have been born alone. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 let me tell you something. It exposed marriage. It exposed character. It exposed false friendships. It exposed people's relationship with God. Because I ain't going to lie to you. I'm not tempting God. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take all precautions I can. But at the end of the day, my faith got to be rooted in something more than Washington. I know, I know, I know. And let me, let me tell you the truth. What's happening in New York, they're going to put into law. And some of you, some of you young people are like, I don't know whether I should get vaccinated or not. Pastor, what should I do? I don't know. I do know this. You better know God in these times. You, you better know God in these times. You better know God in these times. And Paul said, I ain't scared to lose my life. I ain't scared to be shipwrecked. I'm not scared to be in jail. I'm not scared to be flogged. I'm not scared for you to do whatever you want to do with me and shame me because I am not ashamed. And I want you to see even a cup preaching with me today. Let me tell you something. He said... I'm not ashamed. And because of that, there are things that you've done in your life that have shamed you. But the gospel says you don't have to be the thing. Christ, Christ has erased all of your sins. I wish, I wish the church of God would be excited for that. Number six, two more points and I'm done. Look at this. Look at this, y'all. The gospel is God's power to remedy the problem. Because make no mistakes about it, why all of this is happening to the world is still one reason. Men are falling. And the gospel, C.S. Lewis said it like this best. C.S. Lewis said he was talking to somebody. I forgot how it went, but basically this was the gist of it. Somebody said, well, why God has to send people to hell and why God just can't, like, and the answer was, you mean, like, forgive everybody? And, like, make a way for them not to go to hell? You, you mean, like, the cross? People always say, why God got to send people to hell? God don't send nobody to hell. That is your willing choice. Whenever the atheist comes, if God is good, why he created hell? He never, like, where in there does it say, this is what the Bible says. It is not God's will for any, for any, for any, for any, for any to perish. He made a way out of what I believe about hell, and this is true. It is, whoever gets there, they have wholeheartedly chosen that. Amen. 
Oh yeah, let that sink in for a minute. So don't ever put the blame of a hell on God. Do you follow that? If a man makes a choice that I don't want nothing to do with you, God is a gentleman. But wherever you end up that God ain't, I don't want to be in such a place. Because I don't even know, even the psalmist said, where can I go and hide from your presence? Even if I make my bed in Hades, in, in death, hallelujah, your presence is there. Where can I go? So such a place, I know not. Neither do I want to know. That's why Jesus used words like cast him out in utter darkness. See, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's not just the state of no light. It is the state of no grace, no sustaining power. It is a state of you are given over to a mind that is no longer controlled by God. Make no mistakes about it. The rain is falling on the just and the unjust. They don't even understand. Somebody said it best this morning. And let me tell you, one of my pastor's friends, we, we encourage each other on Sunday mornings. He was saying something. He said something that struck me. He said, Christians always say, look out in the world and say, how are the people so prosperous? These are dangerous times for the people out there. Because these are times like when Noah was preaching righteousness and telling everybody, get in the ark, get in the ark, get in the... The funny thing is the people in the ark are trying to jump off the boat. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They ain't gonna see. The people in the ark are trying to jump off the boat and go back to the world. I have, Derek, you know, I sit in conversations with people and people talk about Grammys. I'm a musician. People talk about Grammys and all this stuff. And you do this big show, big concert. And they're sitting there and all I be thinking in my mind is, I don't care. But in their mind, you could see how enamored they are with the world. It's funny to me how people, when they start on the bottom here, tell God things like, God, when I get to the top, I'm going to speak your name. I'm going to, they're going to know you. If you ever blow me up. And then when they blow up, they tell the people at the bottom, the reason we don't talk to, about God too much is because you've got to understand how to navigate at the top. Because that Christian stuff don't work up here. And then when I talk to the people at the top, because they call you for counseling, this is what they don't know. They say, you don't understand how corrupt it is up here. God need to send somebody. He did, but they quiet. Because they scared to lose everything. Not Paul. Not brother Paul. Paul said, I've been beaten. I've been flogged. I've been elevated and canceled. I've been everything. But I am not ashamed. Because the one thing that frees men. How many of you want God to free you right now? It's called the gospel. It is the power of God to remedy and restore restore you to what you were meant to be now watch this power power is a strange word power means that you have the ability to do something and i believe this is what happened with brother paul i'm getting ready to close paul paul was no ordinary man he didn't play christianity i believe god had to knock paul off his horse like paul was that guy that was so learned in his traditions that he killed people Paul was the first religious terrorist yeah yeah he killed people because they didn't believe in what he believed he felt that deep about it but when God changed him it was a transformation that truly occurred and I believe Paul in his life if you're like him or you're like me he stopped and he said what is all of this knowledge about? What is all the philosophies about? What is all the medical research about? What is everything about if none of it can erase men from the shame that they incur on life's journey? What is it? What is the point of knowing what every deep thinker said and I'm still messed up? And when Jesus knocked him off that horse and Paul received grace, Paul began to realize that no power on earth, power to build technology, 
to build smartphones, smart cars, skyscrapers, and still can't fix sin. Power to build bridges. Power to do elaborate entertainment festivals. Power in sports. People can run. Heard somebody beat Usain Bolt record the other day. Some young kid. I thought, what he eat? Because <laughs> whatever he eating is more than what they... I see people beating and, and pow, power to be athletic. Power to do... Look at that boy, Steph Curry. Greatest basketball player in our generation. Uh, uh, uh. Power to... to you know God is all over that boy when he shoot that ball. It's like God just help him. Other people just, you know, they got to dunk it to make sure it go in. Um, power to do a lot of things. <laughs> power to be athletic. Power and talent. Ain't nobody bad like Michael. Come on! Man. Let me tell y'all something. I live, I live a, a, a part there in Freeport where they play a lot of music, and every time I come out, they got a Bob Marley playing, and I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to deliver this foot from the Bob Because this, this foot right here, every time Bob come on, and just take me back. Got to bring this foot back. Power to create music that hits your soul, that makes you feel... You ever had a song hit you so hard, you act like there was no problems in the world? Like when old Al Green come on? I ain't asked you to sing it, but I could, I could relate. I could relate. Don't worry. I know the, exactly. You know, just, and it hits you, and you, you start to lose your brain. You like, I see people watch people who love hip-hop, listen to some hip-hop stars, and they call you different. You just know they were listening to rap. Like, yo, rich was good. Bro, you ain't spoke like that in 10 years. Now nah, I'm just saying, you was watching something, wasn't you? Men are good at their craft. Men, and Paul is seeing this. No doubt Paul lived in the time of Greece. Greece revolutionized history. Listen, study history, y'all. Greece revolutionized. God didn't choose to send his son at that time for no reason. It was strategic. Greece reveled in thinking, in art. Greece didn't even have to fight a battle to conquer a nation. Their culture was so strong that even the nations that conquered them adapted their culture and way of thinking. That's how you know you're powerful. That's why Christians, the Bible try to tell you the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But if you begin to preach the culture will change you want to know how to shut the bars down you don't got to go and protest and close it down preach to the bartender you want to know how to close the clinics go oh my gosh and when you preach and man has changed from the inside out it will reflect in society but oh y'all ain't say nothing to me and the church of Jesus Christ are sitting we 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 like some bitter people oh we do is, you see what they're doing in the world you see what they're doing I don't want to hear you no more if when I see your life you don't never you can you can complain about everything but never preach the gospel but you know but I, I timid Tim Tim is a friend y'all hear what I'm going this in this times we living in we got to get what Paul got in him listen it is the power. And Paul looked at everything in society and said, this is what he's saying. He said, I look at in the field of athletics because Greece was there. Olympics had already been in place. He's looking at entertainers and plays that are being written in Greece. Everything that is our modern culture was beginning. There. This is what people don't understand. He's looking at the philosophies, philosophies that still govern the ages. Do you even know that Paul quoted from one of them? In order to prove who God was, he said, according to one of your philosophy, this is what he says, according to one of your poets in the book of Corinthians. And he says, I came to show you who that God, that unmovable mover is. So the birth of the modern world, Paul said, I've got a concept that is different from every other one. 
Because in every concept that has been given to you, it lacks one thing. True power. That yoke breaking power. I wish I had somebody to... That power to go into a man's past and turn it around for good in the future. Oh my gosh. He said, and it is the gospel. And I am not ashamed. Shame me. Laugh at me. Put me in prison. Flog me. Do what you got to me. But I will still never be ashamed because what you don't understand is the thing you're shaming me of is the very thing that keeps freeing me from the shame. He discovered that the things that we are ashamed of usually enslaves us. But the thing the enemy wants you to be ashamed of is the thing that will free you. The things the enemy wants you to be proud of will enslave you. And the things the enemy wants you to be ashamed of will free you. The choice is yours. I close with this. Number seven. The gospel does two things. It brings out shaming behavior in those who will not believe it. Those who don't believe it mock it. They get on TV and they say all sorts of things about it. Nowadays, if you're a Christian, you get called arrogant. How dare you believe that? How dare you think you have? Who are you to tell me what right or wrong is? Nowadays, if you believe it, you get ostracized. Our poor kids go to school and they scared to death to even speak up that they love Jesus because they know the culture from the top down is anti-Christ. You will be shamed for loving Jesus. There is no way around that. If you want to serve, you know, it's like this. It's like, let me take my seat on this one. I'm done. I promise y'all I'm done. It's like people who date somebody but don't ever want to be proud of the person they date in public. Oh, they're going to buy them roses. They're going to do everything. But when the person says, well, why don't you, why don't we go out in public? Why don't we take a picture together? No, 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 no. That's what we do to God. God, I love you. Tell them how much you No, 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 no. Now, if that was my daughter, you know what I'd tell her? Drop kick to the left side of the jaw and leave. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Might. <laughs> I would tell them if somebody can't be in public with you and the privacy they use in you. Any female know that when a man don't want to go public with you, he's using you in private. But you overlook a lot of things just to keep that little private love. But if you, if you, if you were smart enough, you'd know, no, nah, wait a minute, something ain't right here. You're benefiting in private, but I can't benefit in public? And you benefit a lot from God in private, but never would speak up in public. Everything else gets shine in public except him. I'm trying to get you to understand this. So, so people who don't believe God, they shame him and you will be shamed. But those who believe, look at me. It gives freedom from shame to those who believe. The very thing that people have tried to shame you for is the very thing that's your power. It keeps, oh my gosh. That's why people say, how you preaching for so many years past? How you keep it together? It's the power of God to salvation, to deliver, to set free, to make you whole again. You fall down, it says you don't have to stay down. Keep going. Keep, oh, but look at people going to laugh. They are not strong enough. No weapon formed against me is ever going to prosper. I am more than a conqueror. When Jesus went to the cross, he won every battle that was ever worth winning and will never need to fight it again. That's why he said, it is finished. Every head bowed.
Every eye is closed in this place. I thank you for the good news. I am free today. I am free. I got any free people in this house? Come on, free people. Stand and worship God. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, free people. Begin to lift your hands to heaven. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I know. Life knocked you down, but you don't got to stay down. It, it, listen, men ain't going to run and applaud you tomorrow. Men will still shame you for the error, but God says you're going to get back up. Come on, somebody in this place. You're going to get right back up. I am not ashamed. God, I thank you for your gospel. I thank you for your word. It is true. It is life. It is right. God, I pray that your word would find root in our hearts in this place. Those watching online, you would touch them. If somebody does not know you as Lord and Savior, they don't know that free and power that frees them from their past, frees them from every trial, every tribulation, frees them from the molestation, frees them from the addiction, frees them from God, Lord God, the acts they've committed, freed them from everything, God. You're a God that frees, remedies, restores. We don't have to identify with that shame. We can identify with the cross. I don't got to look at my shame. I'm looking to the cross. Can I get you to look to the cross today and worship God like you're looking at it? Hallelujah. Like God is moving in your life today. Hallelujah. God, what you did on that cross is everything. It covers my sickness. People get sick and they get ashamed because they got sick. It's not your fault. People get sick. Even that, God covers the shame. God covers the shame. God covers the shame. God covers the shame. Bring your shame to the cross and let grace kill it today. Who am I talking to today? Who am I talking to today? Let grace kill it today. Something happened to you that nobody knows about and you keep holding on to it. You don't have to hold on to it. It's not your fault. It happened to you. Let grace kill it today. Let grace kill it today. You can't hold on to the shame and hold on to the cross. One gotta go in the name of jesus one gotta go one gotta go who am i talking to in this place one gotta go if god be for you knock down oh gosh still alive still going he's still a good god i give you praise if you've never asked jesus into your heart pray with me today say father Come on, church. Say, Father, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of every sin. God, I ask you to cleanse me of all my shame. I thank you that, God, I can identify with the cross. And as a result... My life will never be the same again. Thank you for dying for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, every other problem in this room and those watching online, from those sick in body to those needing a miracle to those needing financial breakthroughs to those just needing help from heaven you are a miracle working God who promise you will never leave nor forsake your people God I come against every demonic activity the blood of Jesus is against you Satan and every spirit that is not of God must bow to the name of Jesus to the name of Jesus have your way in this house oh God every spirit that is not of god must bow to the name of jesus i thank you because you're good and your mercies endure forever 
we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus mighty name somebody shout amen come on shout amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord did you enjoy today come on did you enjoy today's service I want to thank you for coming out do me a favor if you are in church city and this is your first time uh, we would love to stay in touch with you under these protocols we know that we can't really uh, commune with you the way we want to but if you would there's a text message up there I, I think you guys got it if you can follow this instruction that'll be put on the screen and put on the screen for those watching at home too just text the keyword church city to 77222 and you will be subscribed to our text blast and you will know all that we're doing in the church amen do it right now do it right now don't even wait just pull your phone out right now text keyword church city to 77222 and whatever we're doing you'll get our updates amen this week we continue our bible study we we uh slowed it down last uh tuesday because of um uh, VBS but we will be back on zoom the zoom links are on our website churchcityusa.com and you can jump on there Tuesday I believe it's 7 p.m. Uh, and uh, I think they're up to what what y'all up to sanctification or justification week two you did two already see so up to sanctification they did salvation justification now sanctification and then last will be glorification so if you want to know what all that cation is, get a vacation on Tuesday and, and tough crowd. Hallelujah. But come to Bible study. All the links are on Zoom. The singles got a, a trip coming up. And so if you're a single person, uh, they're, they're going bowling, y'all. Uh, August 11th, 7 p.m. Um, and all the information is there. It'll be on our website, on our, follow our social media at Church City USA. It gets posted on that if you're on social media so you'll know all of that we're doing in here. But I invite you to come out. And that's not an age restriction. If you're single, that's all it, it takes, right? And, and, and by single, what we mean in this church is you ain't married. So like dating and all, you single, hallelujah. Until you get married, you single, amen? Um, so go and have a great time. And, uh, and just have some fun there. Um, I don't think we got any more announcements. This uh, Friday we'll be meeting for prayer again. And we've been having such a good time in prayer. Like there's so many things I want to do with the Friday night. But I just am impressed in my heart that we should keep praying. Because what's going what's to stop all this happening in the world is the believers praying. And I, I know that there's a level of things we need in life. But we need to pray. And so Friday we'll be meeting back here to pray at uh, 8 p.m. So I invite you to come on out and let's pray together. Amen. And uh, we're going to pray and have a good time. That service only runs for about an hour. So come, let's pray. And then on Sunday, we'll be meeting back here. Amen. To worship the Lord. And so I want to invite you to come out. Those watching online, come out. Listen, if you've been blessed by our service, if you like what we're doing with our VBS, we are really trying and believe in God that in the future we can get a bigger building. And um, we really, we've outgrown this building. All our kids occupy every room in here. Um, even, even the office that I have uh, gets used for children's church. And so we have really maxed out the space and we want to do more for the kingdom of God. So whoever's got the $6 million, just write the check today. Make it happen if you're watching online. Amen. Tough crowd. Maybe you do have $6 million. That maybe it wasn't a joke. Hallelujah. But we are just believing. This is a church that never tells you what to give. Uh, we believe in tithing. And if you're a member of this church, we walk you through that. We teach you what we believe on that. And so we encourage you to give and sow into our ministry. It helps us to continue to do the wonderful things we did like this past week. Absolutely free to the whole uh, church for all the kids to come every night and have a great time. But those things do cost. Amen. And the things that makes this church uh, run cost amen those are all the means you can give and if you're in the building right now you can give right now all right you can pull out your phone and you can be a blessing if you're watching online you can do it right now because oftentimes when you say i'll do it later you never do it amen and then the new shoes go on sale and it's between the shoes and god amen but bless the bless the house of the lord today amen if you were blessed by this word sow something into it amen 
um, and, and be a blessing to Church City USA. Cash App Church City USA, Zell Church City USA, gmail.com, or just go to our website. If you are in the building and you give conventionally and you need a tithe envelope, our ushers are there. Um, we can't, you know, we've been trying to figure out how we're going to do offering, but every week they change the rules of COVID. So you stay where you are, just signal to the ushers. They will help you get a, an envelope and, and you can be a blessing to the church that way. Amen. Thank you for everyone who supports and gives. Amen. It helps us to continue to grow. God is good. Amen. God is good. Amen. Let me pray you out. And um, oh, one last thing. If you are all those wonderful shirts that we wear, the Jesus shirt, not an activist, but an evangelist. Everybody's a Christian until it gets biblical. All those things on sale. You can purchase a shirt and you get another one free. Now, those at home saying, how can I do that? You got to come to church. Amen. If, if not, if you go online, you got to purchase full price and you get one shirt. But here you get two for the price of one. Amen. Those are all things that help us. All that goes back into the ministry to help us to continue the work of the Lord. So, uh... Let's all close in prayer today. Right where you are, just bow your head. Father, bless your people. God, as they go through this week, you're sovereign over every one of their lives. And you know exactly what they need. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would be with them all week. That they would know, Father, no matter what comes their way, your grace is sufficient. Your strength is made perfect. And the thing that God, Lord... Sometimes the enemy would want us to feel ashamed and run from is the thing that is our power source. And I pray they would plug in today all week long worshiping you. They would choose worship this week. They would choose Bible this week over Netflix. Not saying we can't be entertained, but Lord, let your word find a way to get into our minds this week that we may commune with you and you may change us forever. Protect your people from this virus. Protect your people from whatever is coming their way. Whatever decisions they may have to make, guide them. You are their God. And go before us and keep us. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say, amen. Hey, there's something we say at this church before we close. In the midst of crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. God bless y'all today and uh, 